<laughs> What's up, everybody? Yo. What's going on? How's everybody doing? Good. Oh yeah, pretty good. Doing all right, pretty good. Relaxing. Down good. Uh, weekend day. How's everybody's Saturday been? It's been a day. Uh, our little dog decided to eat Allie's breakfast this morning, which. Uh, oh. She found out the hard way that uh, an Apollo Burger uh, box for their breakfast does not cover your breakfast from a puppy. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I, I mean, they'll tear through it pretty easy. She was quick, dude. Stealthy and quick. Yeah, those small little puppies are. At least with my dog, <laughs> see her coming. You're like, hell no, don't touch mm. my shit. This is my food. <laughs> and yoink. <laughs> Well, welcome to the fourth episode of the Clueless Capybaras podcast. Do we just want to jump right into it, boys? As Philip yeah. DeFranco would say, let's do it. Sure. All right. Well, so last week we talked about... Uh, Philip DeFranco We did the that? homework. <laughs> I don't know. I don't watch him enough. <laughs> he just says, let's jump straight into it. <laughs> All right. I didn't know that. Pull a pestle and just say, let's crack straight into yeah, there it. There you go. Um, so last week we had the homework assignment of watching The Pharmacist. What did yes. uh, what did everybody think? Man, let's not talk, all talk at once. It was, it was pretty I'm still interesting. gathering my thoughts. I, I watched it. I watched all of it between uh, like two o'clock today and 12 almost actually I'll probably closer to, to two o'clock last night. So, okay. um, so, you, so you like got it pretty fresh then. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm still like collecting thoughts <laughs> and such. Um, I thought it was a great documentary. It, it, it really like, it kind of put into perspective how, how big the, uh, the opiate, epidemic was back then and still is today yeah um but it also put into perspective how many like like how the the doctors and stuff basically just opened pill mills um that and were only focused on making money yeah not the yeah. well-being of their patients well and especially the uh purdue pharmaceuticals right. <laughs> like the the higher ups were just like yeah like they're they're just there to make money like if they die they die whatever like yeah we've made billions of dollars at this point in the span of like the the 10 years that he had been he'd been working on that for it was like from 2001 to 2011 that it took to get like the pill mills kind of shut down in florida yeah it was it was forever. Like there was like quite a long gap, like towards the end of that, that whole thing was basically him going. And then there was years that went by. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause as soon as they closed down, uh, it, there were just more and more that opened up. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> right. It, it was like a Hydra, like cut one head off and three more are going to show up. I definitely, I don't know if you guys felt like this. The, the first episode was very different from the other two. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Three. Uh, yeah. Three. There, yeah. Sorry. The uh, the um the first episode. I I mean I get as someone who has experienced tremendous loss, the first episode got me. Like yeah, there was definitely some parts that I was like, all right, I might tear up a little bit. I feel for you. 
I'm and some of those recordings, cry. yeah, some of those recordings, man, those, some of those <laughs> recordings are just like, oh my lord. <laughs> yeah. I, I found myself wanting to fast forward through it because it, it was just so truthfully heartbreaking. And then the rest kind of, it moved into just like the craziness that was the, dr the, the drug epidemics that still persist to this day. We just yeah, all right. act like they don't, but like, uh, especially with like opioids and like learning that. And then from the perspective he was in, I definitely felt like the pharmacist was taking the very simplistic, like the best title they could from it. Cause he really wasn't a pharmacist yeah. for long with that problem. He backed out pretty quick again. <laughs> the moment well, his boss yeah. was like, yeah, you can't he, really be doing that. <laughs> he had also been a pharmacist for years prior to that. Yeah. Though. And yeah, continued to be a pharmacist, just backed out for the most part, so that he could focus on trying to shut down the pill mill. Mm -hmm. Right. I I do think like the the first episode was kind of necessary, um, as to like as as for like setting setting like the stage or like the the background, um as to why this guy felt so strongly about it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I feel, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I feel like the first episode was necessary because I do feel like <clears throat> it began almost a crusade on, like, drugs and, and any harm that could come from drugs, basically, as an extension of the loss of his son. Yeah. <clears throat> And so I feel like that was necessary, but yes, it was a complete dynamic shift uh, in like the show itself. It went from like focusing on emotions and feelings during this one portion of time and then going to a broader scope and like a citywide view even uh, and how it's affecting everyone. Yeah. And that was um, kind of interesting. And I, I enjoyed kind of <clears throat> that part more, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but I didn't. I don't I, I feel like the only reason that anything happened was because of maybe this guy and that doesn't make me have a whole lot of faith in in anything even though they said that they were working on her for you know 2 years or whatever before he even came into the picture. Yeah. I just feel like if it wasn't maybe for this <clears throat> extra bit of spotlight on the situation perhaps this dude that's like literally recording federal agents, you know, like, <laughs> right. like, you know, the, this, this guy is potentially dangerous. And so this happened and I almost kind of in a way, the like weird paranoid person that I am, I'm like, definitely Cleggett was, was, there was a hit out on her and they fucking took her down and they were like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, you're fine. And they, they got her out of the situation and she's good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then <clears throat> I feel like that was the trade-off. Like, we're going to hit you with a fucking car. Chill. And she's like, all right. All right. <laughs> good deal. Good deal. And uh, I just feel like that's, I don't know. It was all right. I, I have one out of five stars. <laughs> that doesn't sound like an all right. <laughs> that sounds like a bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have a harsh rating, bro. Uh, that's fair. Like, I, I thought it was pretty good. I do agree. The first episode had a totally different dynamic than the other three. Um, Wasn't it like the first episode in, in like a quarter? Because I felt like the trial yeah. went in in episode yeah, so, two. Yeah. Like when he finally got a, a hold of her, of and he had yeah. he had solved the. 
I mean, imagine, imagine that. Like, as essentially a father myself, having to take the law into my own hands in order to solve it, that's insane. Like, yeah, the amount of remorse you would build towards the law <laughs> at right. that point would be too high. The fact that he's an, even as like a functioning member of society is insane. Like, well, uh, like. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I was like, because, like, if it, honestly, like, if if it were you, if you were in his shoes, like, that that to me is just absolutely tremendous, and like a big pat a pat on the back for going into one of the most dangerous neighborhoods in New Orleans and walking around true. as some fucking pasty white dude, some pasty white Christian, just walking around parading about like, oh, everybody needs to care about my son. And all those families are like, people die here all the time. Like, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's literally a day to day for us. <laughs> and we're not gonna rat people out for nothing. Like, <laughs> right, right. Because I don't I, want my kids to be slaughtered in front of me and left alive. <laughs> yeah, I I thought the the show did a really great job on showing the opioid epidemic at the time because it sure. might not be as much of a problem. Um, down there as it used to be. But in Utah, it's definitely a very prevalent problem. There are words driving down the freeway that are talking about trying to get you off of opiates. And as someone that had abused opiates earlier on in life, like it is rough. And it's nice to have that spotlight on there saying, hey, Big Pharma <laughs> not necessarily is watching out for you. Like, yes, these may very help true. you temporarily, but there also should be some kind of like stepping stone outward to say, okay, you've taken enough of these. Let's wean you off of them. Yeah. Cause you should be good now. That that's the scariest part, right? Is I feel like here and, and I hope we don't get too political. Cause I feel like this, this conversation could sway <laughs> that way. It but could, I'll do my best to make sure it doesn't happen. I feel like, I feel like a lot of people in the United States are just used to big medical companies telling them what to do with their bodies. And forget that you should be taking your doctor's opinions. And your doctor isn't always the best case because, again, they get hard-pitched medicines all the time on what could help their patients. And Big Pharma's never been out for us. They don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> there's never been a case where they're literally out there just to save lives. Like the company that does fucking uh, what's it called the the shit for if you have an allergic reaction allergic reaction the little epinephrine uh, yeah. yeah they cranked that up what three thousand percent overnight I insulin's I over over I think insulin's at three thousand percent right now yeah like life saving medications to these companies they give so little about your life that they're willing to raise those prices to make sure that insurance premiums stay where they need to be to keep to keep but to quote unquote, keep the jobs <laughs> so that people yeah. vote for this shit so that they keep the legislature in place. So people die. <laughs> like it's, it's yeah. just, it's such a big mess. And when you start looking at it from just this perspective of just this, this very small contained situation, right? One city, one pill mill, one, one big problem that expanded where people were learning about these insanely strong medications and using them over other substances. And you see how many lives it affected, how many people died just from just this one pill mill that was just churning them out. And then you have to think about how that's polluted across the country and how many, pe how many people's lives are affected by stuff like this every day because their doctor was, you know, 
lazy and didn't spend the time going, hey, you need this much dosage. We're going to start you out here and wean you off. Like, they just go, yeah. you say you're in a lot of pain. We're going to give you a fucking 80 milligram <laughs> goddamn well, it, pill. It, it's like he even said in one of the episodes, too. Like, he was back working at the pharmacy and this, like, 14-year-old girl came in with her mom. And the girl was literally yeah. skipping into the pharmacy and had been prescribed 80 milligrams of Oxycontin, <clears throat> uh, Xanax, and <clears throat> something else. And he Soma. Was like, she, Soma. Soma, thank you. Yeah, I couldn't remember for sure. But um, he was like, she was maybe 100 pounds. And taking those three in combination would have killed her from the first dose. Just the Oxycontin, the opiate, the opiate itself yeah. would have killed her. Because, I mean... 80 milligrams is going to fuck you or I up. And we're both. Yeah. 80, dudes. Like, 80 milligrams <laughs> is a lot. Um, yeah. I was, I was just doing a little bit of research um, about uh, other medicines that people have jacked up the price on mm -hmm. um, the, the Godel Godel systems, which is the, uh, the antiparasitic uh, diap or Darprim, which is a, uh, um, uh, it's an AIDS pill. It's a pill to, you know, alleviate AIDS essentially or HIV. Right. Um, yeah. The the man jacked up the price by a factor of fifty six overnight. So it went from thirteen fifty US to seven hundred and fifty dollars a pill. Jesus Christ. That was in life saving uh, medication. Yeah, that is a life saving medication and that was on that was in September of twenty fifteen. Jesus. And then, you know, <laughs> this, this it just shines it just shines a light on a mess in this country and other countries not just us but in other yeah. places that no one's out for for the general people right like if you have the money for everything you're fine like it doesn't matter you can get what you need you'll have the right doctor that won't fucking well the right doctor i mean let's just be honest how many celebrities still overdose because they have the right doctor um, right. But, Michael Jackson. <laughs> but at the same time it's like you have you have so many hands that are in this this mess that are just like you, you can't you can't ever take just your doctor's word for it you still have to do a little bit of your own research understand that you might be getting maybe way more than you bargained for and pace yourself and when you have something so strong and so addictive and if you're even remotely addictive in personality as well like holy crap that's just the danger. That's why I personally, I don't take painkillers. I refuse. Even if I've got a headache, I, I refuse. I hate painkillers. I don't ever oh. want to, I, I don't ever try to do anything like that. I'd rather suffer through it than anything. See, and even with the issues that I've had, I'll still take like Tylenol. If, if I have a killer headache that I know is not going to go away, or I have, I have a super fucked up back. And if my back is bugging me, I'll take a couple of Tylenol and I'll just wait it out until it's gone. Yeah. But, uh, the fiance knows, like, if I ever have to get something done and they prescribe me pain pills, you're in charge of them, and you're only giving me what is, like, recommended on the bottle. Yeah. Because I, I know myself. Like, it's going to happen if, if I have that control. Right. I have to do the same thing because I had some uh, issues back in the day as well. Yeah. I used to take it and make some speedballs, so... I had a lot of fun with it, but at the same time, it led to a lot of problems. I was always irritable. I was always upset about something. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was sick all the time because I always needed it. So, yeah. And the 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 come down for it, or like the withdrawal for it, is not easy at all. I I was like dying in my bathroom 
the day that I was like, I need to stop doing. Died in my bathroom that day. The next day, like, yeah, couldn't couldn't do anything, and uh, it it's rough. What did you think about the show, though, Woody? I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was all right. I mean, the first episode was important to tie you into it, so you would watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I felt. Um, and then they kept reflecting back to that being the reason for everything for him doing what he was doing. Yeah. So I understood why that was so emotional and so enticing for you at the beginning. I understood what they were doing, but, uh, at the same time, having lived part of that being that I was doing stuff around 2006, 2007, 2008. So uh from my end i know exactly what those people are going through why they're sitting there why they're hanging out for two days in their car so i get their perspective 100 percent. but then his perspective of coming in and playing the hero but in the end he also says he doesn't know if he really played the right part because led to heroin epidemic mm-hmm. so i don't know I, it left me really confused about what are, what's the right thing to do how do you take care of this? And I, I think as a single guy, like he, he definitely approached it the right. He did help to spark change in that area. Yeah. Which I, I think is more so the underlying point of the story uh, that yep. you can make a difference, even just one person. Like, yeah, he was dedicated and it took him 10 years, mm-hmm. but he fucking did it. And at, in like the last episode, it shows there were multiple different times that different pill mills were getting shut down in the area mm-hmm. and it was all sparked because of what he was doing. Well, he gathered evidence that no one else risked, risked themselves for that, that whole perspective. I feel like the biggest, the biggest part of my complaint with it is that <laughs> I don't know if it's just cause they couldn't speak on behalf of it, but all of the police that they had interviews with in from that, mm-hmm. they all felt like it was just canned. Like they, they were told what they could say <laughs> And it was such a sl- it was such a slim yeah. amount, and it made it seem it made it made the documentary seem like they were there was basically absolutely nothing they were doing. And I really hope it's not that, <laughs> like that, especially that is, uh... especially when it comes to like the uh, the the actual like investigation of the doctor, because you can't tell me that that wasn't blatantly fucking obvious, like. <laughs> Well, in the in the documentary, I, I watched this episode this morning, so it's still fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, the lead investigator on um, uh, what's her face? I fucking forgot her name. The DEA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the lead investigator from the DEA said that they had gathered enough evidence, but um, the U.S. attorney wouldn't go after her because yep. doctors were being held. Um, like to yeah nobody's ever gone after doctors before and they didn't want to defame doctors and make them untrustworthy so on and so forth so the uh the u.s attorney wouldn't go after her unless they had an overwhelming amount of evidence and Mm -hmm. i think that's what that's what dan ended up gathering along with the dea yeah and in, in regards to the, the police that were on there as well, he, he had said in, like, I think it was the first episode that the police in the area were extremely corrupt. 
Yeah. And so yeah. when somebody died in some kind of drug related accident, like somebody getting killed in a drug deal or anything along those lines, mm -hmm. the cops didn't bother investigating it because they were just like, oh, it's just another dumb kid that got caught doing, yeah. doing something illegal anyway. So I, I feel like some of that is probably that police department saying, okay, we know we fucked up. Don't talk about it. Only talk about like the hard facts that yep. are relevant to the, the story that they're trying to tell. Yeah. It, Which it was, is unfortunate. But yeah. Like, and, and it makes sure. sense. Cause like you always tell, you can always tell what the, like the retired cops or the, like in, in other documentaries, right? They get that one retired cop that just says an open fucking book. He's like, here's where we were fucking up. You know, we had people over here. They had no fucking idea what they were doing. And most of the people that were there, they seemed like they were still part. <laughs> they were still in the force. So yeah, they were yeah, very much definitely. muzzled a little bit. And you could tell some of them wanted to talk about it, especially I feel like the uh, DEA lady. She could you could tell that she had like she had she had put some, some she had some she had put something into that. She was not happy that they probably couldn't have pushed for it faster. But she they, seemed frustrated. Yeah, she definitely yeah, seemed yeah. like she was upset that Dan got the glory when she was really trying. You know what I mean? Like, and you know the way the way she should feel about it is thankfully Dan pushed so that she could get the glory because yeah. taking taking a uh, down was was a masterclass. It's it's crazy to think that just just that long ago. Doctors were viewed as like, you know, never could be corrupt. Like, yeah, doctors right. have caused so much pain, <laughs> so much pain, uh, over over the course of history. Like, if we even just go back to the fucking fifties and sixties and the treatments they were giving out to people, like, well, just... even 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 like as recently as like two years ago, I have a friend that went to the dentist, um, and she was telling me that. Uh, she went to the dentist and was like, this tooth is bothering me. And the dentist is like, no, you're wrong. It's this tooth. And they fucking pulled the wrong fucking tooth. Mm. It, it's like that shit is not. It's not. Uncommon, like the doctors think that, you know, their their medical degree. Like entitles them to their to their opinions or whatever, but they're oftentimes like the, you know, you have to listen to your patient. Like as, as a medical professional myself, I've, I've worked six years as an EMT firefighter. I I've been on the front lines of the, or I've been in the rescuers um, perspective of the opiate epidemic. Cause I started, I started, you know, fighting fire when I was, I think it was back in 2011. Like I ran drug overdoses and shit like that. Um, and these doctors think that they're like so much better and smarter than their patients, but it's, it's not the case. Like you have to listen to your patients cause they're the ones that actually know what's going on. Well, and like in the case of the, the documentary, like pain is such a, there's not a gauge. They can't hook up a fucking monitor. You'd be like, yeah, your pain's a seven. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and I think to, to squid's point as well, I mean, an, uh, an aid, grade doctor and a C grade doctor is still a doctor. It doesn't mean they're necessarily a good doctor. So, I mean, I do think that we should always, you know, take a, take what they say with a grain of salt and, and definitely, you know, they find the one that actually works for you. Hopefully you find one that's a good one. 
I've had a hard time with that my entire time. I mean, I went, when they were trying to find out what was wrong with my lungs, it took them literally like seven months of me in and out almost on a weekly basis of doing blood tests and doing stuff that they were just like, we don't know what the fuck's wrong with you. That's fucking shitty. And it's, yeah. you know, that's, I don't, I don't feel like that's uh that should happen. If you have a doctor, you would think that they would have at least a general idea of, of things and they should, that shouldn't take that long, but or even even if they don't have a general idea, be able to recommend a specialist that they trust that right. this guy will figure it out. Yeah, exactly. Because well, I, I, mean, I feel like... Oh, go ahead, uh, dude. Well, I mean, in that aspect, I mean, I've had stomach problems since I was got off of all the opiates and stuff, and they can't find anything wrong with me. And I mean, I've been to a lot of gastrointestinal specialists and stuff and done over two years' worth of bills and and all that and just fun times of tests and all that yeah and nothing can't figure anything out honestly like it's the worst oh. uh, uh, i was just gonna quickly say honestly like when i went in to get my anti-anxiety medication the my doctor literally brought a fucking simple checklist in <laughs> like on a clipboard and just asked me questions, and then I was like, all right, here's your medicine. <laughs> like, it, it didn't seem personalized. It didn't seem like he cared. It just was like, right. I was like, I had, you know, I had my first real panic attack. You know, I was really feeling my anxiety. I was at an all-time high. Stress at work was unbelievably high at the time. And I had to miss work because I just, like, I was going to have a mental breakdown if I went in because of all the bullshit that was going on. And right. I went to my doctor for the first time ever. I hadn't been to a doctor since I was fucking 13. And I'm like, hey, I've got these problems. And he's like, all right, I'll be right back. Goes and gets a clipboard, comes in. He's like, all right, uh, uh, have you suffered tremendous loss? Yes, I have. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's just like, and after like 10 questions, he's like, all right, I'm going to prescribe this pill. We're going to start out here. We're going to see if it works. It's going to take about a month and a half before you start really even seeing the effects. Um, that'll be $300. Like... <laughs> Like that, yeah. that's how it was with my my antidepressant shit too, because I I went in to get them uh, prescribed because I I have dealt with major depression since I was like ten years old, and finally went in to go get it treated, and uh, the doctor brought in a clipboard with a simple fucking questionnaire. He was just like, okay, yeah, all right, mm hmm, mm hmm, okay, we're gonna prescribe you this, and it made everything worse. And then I went back in like three months later and was like, listen, dude, these are not cutting it. Like, it's just getting worse and worse. Like, we need to try something else. We tried five different pills and Damn. every single one of them escalated the issue. So I was yeah. I was off of my health insurance by the time it was time for another batch. But I honestly felt like my anxiety medication literally did nothing. <laughs> and I was on I think I had 90 days worth of pills. And literally after all 90 days, I was like, oh, yeah, that did absolutely nothing for me. I'm just taking this for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, I, and, I'll, and I'll openly admit, I'm, I'm scared of taking pills. My mom passed away due to regular over-the-counter pain medication. It wore out her esophagus and she bled out. She went into cardiac arrest. So I, I, I'm off the stuff unless I'm literally, like, crying from pain. So I, I, I try to avoid any sort of medication that can lead to something like that. Yeah. I yeah, I from what I've seen like in in my experiences as a as a firefighter, I don't take any any opi opiate medication. 
if if the pain's bad, I'll take two Tylenol or two ibuprofen and call it a day or whatever. Um, I've got I uh, the the doctor. Um, I'm prone to kidney stones, um, and the doctor that I went to last time I had them was gonna be like, yeah, we'll 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 prescribe you some Norco's, and I'm like, I don't even want that shit. Like, do you have anything else? <laughs> and and he's like. Well, I mean, this is really only going to be what's going to take the pain away. I was like, I don't even give a shit. Like, like there has to be something else that you guys are willing to give me. Um, that is non-opiate because I don't want that fucking problem. I've seen too much. I've seen too much death because of it. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, he eventually gave in and prescribed me a 800 milligram ibuprofen. Like, it gets the job done. It, it, it's not dude, fucking ibuprofen 800 milligrams is fucking insane. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's no fucking like cloudiness of the mind, but your pain is gone. It's a it's an extremely strong anti-inflammatory, and like, but the doctor was pushing that Norco and that opiate so fucking hard. It makes me think like, what is, what is he doing? Yeah. If he's getting like some kind of kickback or anything from him. Right. Just, just out of curiosity, Squid, so you said you were a firefighter EMT for like six years? Yes. Typically, you guys would be the first responders to... Right. Generally, uh, we're first on scene. Like that. Yeah. Okay. I, I was just double checking. I remember hearing that forever ago. And when my, my sister passed away... Uh, I remember firefighters at the house before paramedics or anything. Yeah. Um, typically, depending on where you're at, um, typically you'll have like a, um, your, your firefighters show up first and they'll gather information. Um, and a lot of firefighters nowadays are paramedics as well. Actually, that's, that's the program that I'm in in college. Um, I'm in the, I'm in the paramedicine program going for a paramedicine degree. Hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, you'll, you'll have, you'll have paramedics on engines now on fire engines. Um, they don't carry nearly as many, uh, meds as like an ambulance does, but depending on your, your fire department or your, uh, your, your, I mean, you guys are in like the Salt Lake area, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So generally you guys will probably have um ambulances transporting via um via the fire department most most larger cities have ambulances built into their fire departments um where i'm from and where i'm at now it's a separate company oh, okay um but yeah typically firefighters on scene first gotcha yeah just just curious question so yeah <laughs> a few the few times that we've that i've dealt with with uh with like first response it was always paramedics first for us um yeah because like with uh with my mom it was it was uh paramedics and police i think police and a policeman and a a paramedic pulled up at the same time they both walked through the door when uh we found my mom yeah it depends on the call too and like how far away you are from like from like wherever the bad um ambulances or the paramedics are stationed um we have a we have a station that houses both the um where i'm at now we have a station that houses both the 
um, the paramedic ambulance and a and a separate fire department. So they typically show up together. Crazy. <laughs> and sorry, go you're good. You can go. I didn't have anything to say. Um, <laughs> and and it also depends on the nature of the call. Um, like for for what I'm where I was at. Um, you know, if it was like a drug overdose or anything like that, um, like any sort of like directly medical or fire related, we'd show up first. If there was a possibility of a crime being committed, um, like assault, um, we had a few stabbings, uh, suicidal, suicidal patients can be unpredictable, unpredictable. Um, so oftentimes we, the fire departments will be staged and, uh, law enforcement goes in first. Jeez. So they're like the, the fire department's more just there just in case some shit happens then. Well, the fire department, most of them are base, uh, are BLS basic life support. So they're there to gather information and treat the patient to the best of their ability. Um, before um before the paramedics can show up oftentimes most calls are bls only um and you can you can talk to the patients and and gather some information and treat their treat their uh their problems uh, at a bls level it's it's common to get als or advanced life support paramedicines uh paramedics and stuff like that um and oftentimes they'll they'll start an IV and and stuff like that. But generally, most of your calls are basic life support, you know, oxygen, stuff like that. That's interesting. I I didn't know that. I knew that, that at least from what I recall, we had a, a neighbor that was in the Salt Lake County Fire Department. And he said they pretty much had uh, like defib paddles, and most of the time that they called out for or got called out for like basic support, it was mainly because people were having heart attacks and they could get there faster than the ambulances could. But that was mainly just due to the area that we were in at the time. Yeah, I mean that's that's for the most part pretty true. Yeah, um, the fire departments are are more widespread than ambulance companies are so um you know once one town will depending on the size will have anywhere from one to i think la city has shit like 300 stations jesus yeah and uh the fdny is way larger than that yeah um so it's just location a lot of times the uh the firefighters are dispatched earlier or are are sent also um because they can get there faster and when you're having a stroke or a heart attack every second counts yeah um you have a they they call it the golden the golden hour for stroke patients you have about 5 hours to get them to treatment and the faster you get them to treatment the the better the recovery is for them huh i didn't know that yeah. What I what I found out is like with my mom, 
because um, she went into cardiac arrest due to a worn out esophagus. Um, the doctor essentially was like, yeah, uh, even if you'd brought her in six hours before she, she passed away, or basically passed away, she went brain dead. Um, if even if you brought her in about six hours because of the internal bleeding that had happened at that point, there was nothing like you could, you would have had to have brought her in almost a full day beforehand mm-hmm. if, in order for them to say to have saved her life, Damn. which is just like the, the craziness of the situation when, when sometimes seconds matter, sometimes it's like, like when you really aren't feeling it and you're feeling something going on, like you need to go. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. If you feel like like something's wrong go get checked out because uh um it it, it happens so fucking fast we that, had a guy go ahead i was just gonna say and that's and that's the the fucked up part that to tie this all back into the to this sh- into the show that's the fucked up part about our society right <laughs> we have such high costs for medication and such high premiums for insurance and such a no give a fuck attitude i, I shit you not i'm pretty sure the medical system killed my dad because he didn't have health insurance i know it's a soft theory but he he went in fine he just had coloring around his nails when he went in um just like yellow tint around his nails and his eyes were a little yellow from over drinking alcohol because his wife had passed away and he went in up and he could walk around he could drive a vehicle he went into the hospital he was in there for a week and then suddenly he went from fine to just brain dead to (laughs) So that was the the end, and I I have a one hundred percent theory that that hospital killed my dad because he didn't have health insurance, and to be honest, our family could not afford it, uh, suing the hospital. Like at, at this point, like in society as as in in this country, <laughs> we live we live in a country where a grown man's life and the well being of his children and livelihood was worth so little to the doctor that I saw the doctor that was treating my dad that entire time when he was dying once for about five minutes. There was no long conversation of what really happened. It was, it happened overnight. His kidneys failed and then, you know, lost blood of the head and now he's brain dead. Uh, Also, can you sign this thing so we can donate his eyes? (laughs) Like, I don't know. I, I, th- this is a topic that I could go on for an hour, <laughs> yeah. but like, it, it's it's honestly it, it like this show. This show just reminds me of how fucked up society is in this country, and the fact that we have so many people who dumbwittingly just believe that any sort of medical care for the mass society is a plague to this country, <laughs> and God forbid you're fucking uh you're 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 lying when you get into a hospital is longer than two people. But it always is, and it always will be. And all of those Instacare sites that your insurance gives you a discount off of to go go to, they suck. <laughs> Most yeah. of the physicians there aren't going to give you shit that you really need. So why 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 are we living like a fucking third world country on this shit? Anyway, Squid, yeah. you can continue what you're saying. Um, I I was just you you had mentioned um. Uh, I, as as soon as you started talking about like your your father's um yellowing up the eyes and around the nails, like instantly I knew what had what he had. Yeah. Um, and untreated for for a long time, 
uh, it it can lead to to brain damage and death. Yeah. Um, I I could tell you exactly what it was just just from knowing the signs or the symptoms. It's it's uh, jaundice essentially. Yeah, um, he, his, what? yeah, his kidneys failed, and uh, yeah, um, that resulted in brain death. the 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 weird yeah. part about it is we had a call about two days before he went brain dead, where he was on the uprise, like the significant uprise. Mm-hmm. Like they were starting to even give estimates on when he'd be out of the hospital. Like, and then there was just a hard shift and no one ever sat down. And when you're someone in grief and you've dealt with already the loss of one parent, I never once had a doctor sit down with me or even my grandma to just go, here's why it happened. Here's what progressed. Here's why he passed away. Instead, they were just like, Yep, this happens sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah. I, I get that you're dealing with, with a tough situation because they, they'd realized that now there was two people that were orphaned, but like, fuck off. Like, tell me what the fuck happened here. <laughs> I, yeah. my dad wasn't competent enough when I had to make the call to pull my mom off the plug. The, the, the doc, everybody that was there were like, he is too drunk and two unavailable, you get to make the call on whether or not she gets to stay around. And I had to do that twice. <laughs> because second time, most likely due to the medical inability of all of Jordan Valley Medical Center. <laughs> fuck that hospital. Yeah. No one should ever go there. If that's your only option, you might as well just fucking drive into a ditch. <laughs> yeah, that... Uh, that's, that's rough, and I'm, I'm sorry that happened. They should have. They should have known the signs immediately. That's that's on. I've been through one fucking class. It took me one semester to pass an EMT class, and I knew what he had when as soon as you started saying something about it. Yeah. Like, and these doctors have gone to school for years, and I'm sitting here like, I could die. I can't diagnose it technically, but I could tell you what I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm probably 90% correct. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to do with the kidneys. Jaundice doesn't. But it has an effect on the kidneys because it affects the liver directly. Uh, jaundice is a, is, a, is a condition where your liver fails and the toxins start building up in your blood. Your, your, your liver and kidneys are a blood filter, essentially. Yeah. Um, and and as soon as as soon as one fails, the other one's going to fail too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a matter of time at that point. Ex- yeah. Exactly. So, you know, they should have known, and they should have done something a lot sooner. Because, you know, somebody that spent all of about four months in class can almost pinpoint that yeah. is a little unreal. Not that, not that I want to hang on this topic because it's, it's definitely a downer. I feel like this podcast so far has been a very down podcast. It, it's, it's, it's been kind of a darker, darker um, episode for sure. I, I like talking about some of this stuff, but like, uh, both, uh, for, for literally, this is, this is the problem with society. Both of my parents, when they were in that 24 hour crucial period, we had conversations I had, I personally, with my mom, reached out to her closest friends to get them to take her to the doctor. There were signs, she was acting funny, and her pupils were dilated. 
there was a very tell sign, and she looked more pale than usual the night before. And I did everything in my power to get that woman to the hospital, short of calling 911 on her. And with my dad, I did roughly the same thing. I got my uncle involved. We had a full, like, you know, come to Jesus moment the day before he decided to go himself. And um, it was, you know, we still had, like, the whole family ganged up on him, but we couldn't force him. And the reason that they both passed away is because of our failing medical society. Like... The, the big pharma owns this country and owns the public opinion. And as long as that continues, people will die. Good people, good hardworking people will die. As, mm-hmm. as, a, as, a, as a victim of the society, I don't give a shit what your opinion is. I don't give a shit what you think that this country needs to do for everything to be fine. I'm, I'm, I am a living testimony to what a failing medical society can do to people. And I'm not the only one. There's worse situations. There's orphans. There's people that have been put into foster care. And they have had far worse. <laughs> and, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy that even now people look at it as this awful fucking plague to the American country. <laughs> if we go any sort of route that offers any amount of moderate care for a reasonable price to millions of people. Yeah. Also, while we're trying to fund fucking Space Force. <laughs> <laughs> We can fund fucking Space Force, but God forbid we want to make sure the poor people don't get their fucking medication. Holy shit, that would be insane. Also a wall. Let's spend the money. Well, since we since we pretty much spent the whole podcast talking about the pharmacist, the the healthcare system in the U.S., for next week's homework assignment... Uh, we're going to watch Evil Genius. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a uh, another Netflix uh, mini documentary. And then I think Jackal uh, Atlas, my apologies, um, had some shows as well that he was going to talk about, uh, mainly movies, but uh, we'll grab some from him at a later date and uh, have one for next week's from, from Atlas. Oh, yeah, that's, that's good. what's Jack going to be good. <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> also, I, I don't think we have time to uh, <clears throat> to discuss the, the topics that we have listed unless we're running a longer episode this week, which I'm, I'm totally OK. We with. were probably okay. about five minutes late. So we've got about another. Honestly, we got until five oh five ish before we would jump into like talking to chat for a little bit. Um, so I don't know if anybody else had anything that they wanted to bring up that is maybe a bit more positive. So the podcast doesn't end on just a somber tone. I I got a question. I got a question. Mm -hmm. Um, what's that game you guys have been playing? Tell me about it. Oh, uh, last year. Yes. (laughs) Oh yeah. Or Atlas. Fuck. I'm going to get better with this. I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. I'll I'll let you talk about it first because you've played a lot more. I've played a, a little bit. I don't know about a lot more, but um, it's been it's pretty fun. It's like Dead by Daylight, but it's uh, definitely more teamwork oriented. Um, they have classes. Uh, you have to um, either be an assault class, which obviously does you know the majority of damage. Uh, there's a medic class who, who is the only one who can heal, um, and then there's a, a technician class. And then there's like a scout class and they all have different uh, things that they're, they're good at, or they have different abilities, different things they can craft. Um, and then there's also 
a variety of killers and they can pick i think there's four actual killers but they can pick up to three per game and then they can switch between them uh, at different points in time when they die or or, or whatever um, real quick just to chime in on that some yeah. killers are going to be better suited for uh, certain maps too very true so you'll you'll see certain maps that there's uh a goliath which is just like the hulk pretty much yeah it looks like the fucking uh, charger from left for dead yeah yeah he yeah, had yeah. two arms <laughs> um there's like a giant spider which honestly looks i like really, shiloh i i really don't feel like it's that good of a killer like the one that we went up against earlier was pretty good at it they just gave him a big buff and they added a bunch of ambushes in a couple matches. So I think she's going to be used a little more now. Yeah. And then there's the strangler, which that dude yeah. is just cheap. He, yep. he, so as the killer, Bjorn spawned in, you can place down traps on the ground mm -hmm. and that killer can hook you in and drag you to them. And then they can change direction of how they're facing and shove you. And so the, the cheese comes in that they'll pull you towards them and then they'll turn towards the trap and shove you on the trap and then, and then they'll beat on you oh my but lord sorry, go, go ahead i just wanted to piggyback no that's yeah that's <laughs> that's true it's pretty great honestly and there's a couple different matches there are matches there's a couple different um i think there's four different maps now um and there's definitely my favorites uh but there's uh there's one match that pop and i seem to always get which is the sawmill um pretty popular but there's like these running blades that are uh, in the middle of of some of these areas because it's a obviously a logging camp and uh, the goliath will will grab you and pick you up and then he can throw you into those that's probably one of the most frustrating things i've ever been a part of but um it's quite an enjoyable <laughs> game around honestly and, and it's not like dead by daylight where you know you, you get three hooks and you're you're down for good it's you know you, your timer increases each time you die as far as your respawn timer but you still can get resurrected by opening these doors. Um, so I like that aspect. And I don't, I also like, um, it has its own version of the blood web that I'm assuming is going to be a seasonal thing or is a seasonal thing because we just started playing. Um, but it has like cosmetics in there that you don't have to buy and you can get for your characters for the season. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. Uh, and then you can actually have like reoccurring or purchase abilities and use those um you know as many times as you want it's not just like a it is a one and done but you can still purchase more which i yeah. think is cool and and they're just like perks for the the game too like i i constantly run one that it charges up as the game goes on right. and you have to hit a certain button and it'll activate that ability but the one i always run is to decrease the the cost of crafting items hmm. so i i normally play assault so i'll max out my scrap and then I'll burn that perk and craft a helmet and a Molotov. Yeah. And just have both and then just try and try and kill the killer. Yeah. But it's it's a lot of fun. Um, it, I it is. definitely see how people would like it a lot more than Dead by Daylight. I still love Dead by Daylight. But it's it's a good time and it's a nice refreshing take on the 
the style that is Dead by Daylight. I don't even know what to really classify it as. Yeah, it's like that killer escapee thing. But the cool thing, too, about it is that it's five people, not just four. So there is an extra person that can play on a team. Um, we played over the weekend. I think we played a four stack. I think we had um, and it was pretty damn fun. Honestly, we had a really good time. Like and and won a, a decent amount. Like yeah. it was pretty good. It was pretty good times. And obviously, the cool, the one really cool thing about it is that it re, it's only rewards you the most if everyone gets out alive. So if you're just a person that's extremely selfish, it's not going to reward you for escaping on your own. You have to try and reward, like rescue your people, and you have to try and actually defeat the killer, and you have to like actually try rather than just sit back and do nothing. Yeah, I mean you can. You're it, just a fucking dick. There's certain tiers for the rewards when you get done with a match. So if there there's like five tiers. So like tier one is like one person or nobody survives on tier one, right? Uh, yeah, tier one, yeah, no one survives. Cards and, you get the uh, bronze pack, yeah. Yeah, and then it goes up to tier two if one or two people survive. Yeah. Tier three, tier four, tier five. And tier five, obviously, you're going to get the most amount of stuff uh, for everyone escaping. Um, right. But it's it's a lot of fun. It, it's worth, the I think, the $20 that it is in Steam right now. It really is, honestly. I, I haven't had as much fun with a game in a minute. Like, I keep going to it, and that's what's it's getting me because I'm trying to like not get over overly burnt out on it or anything. Yeah, it, it's a nice uh, breath of fresh air from the uh, Tarkov that has been lately. So, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm still hooked to Tarkov. What the fuck ever. I don't care. Um, but <laughs> if I if I'm just really like, yeah, I don't care about. This. Right now, I'm gonna go play last year. Hit up, hit up Atlas, and get murdered a whole bunch because it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been a good time. It's a good stress reliever, honestly. My my <laughs> only complaint about the game right now, it feels a servers. little buggy. Yeah, the, <laughs> the servers for the most part. The nice thing though is if the killer has a bad connection, it doesn't hinder the the survivors. The killer more so gets the punishment for it. Yeah. So. It, it makes it a little bit easier for the survivors to go through and do what they need to do. But with the game being released so so recently, it seems like they're releasing patches on a pretty consistent basis. Yeah. What I saw. And they're actively working on fixing all, all of the broken stuff. Because there, there was a bug when we first started playing that if you touched when the killer was trying to hit you, that they couldn't touch you at all. They deal zero damage to you. That's That's crazy. Is it? Yeah, it's pretty tight. Is it just me, or this is just a? This might be a polarizing opinion. But how are we in 2020 playing PC games that still only do direct peer-to-peer connections? And why is everything starting to move into yeah. uh, dedicated servers, especially for like like a live network setup? Like, don't even get me started. Like we we live in a society where we could very like it, it, they just have to call Amazon, and be like, yo. I, I need 20 servers and Amazon's like, all right, cool. Send me the file. <laughs> like, yeah. why, why is it that a game that's like that, that offers a battle pass or, you know what I mean? Like most of these fucking games have 84 microtransactions in them. Right. Why yeah, the fuck right. can't they support a goddamn live service so that you don't have to deal with scatterbrain connections that cause you to lose games you otherwise wouldn't have lost? I, I get it kind of from like it's the indie developers. But 
at the same time, Dead by Daylight took four years to get dedicated yeah. servers, and their dedicated servers are ass. Like <laughs> it's it's literally about money gained. Yeah, there there are times I will jump through a window in Dead by Daylight and be five feet away from the window, and because of their be dedicated ganked. servers, I still get hit by the killer, and I, it's just like okay, like there's no way he could reach that far. Like he's he's a dude with a fucking little knife. Like he's not hitting right. me through the window. I'm gone. But because of the dedicated servers that they're using on his side of things, because he's the host, I guess technically. So it's going off the server closest to them. I'm still just barely jumping through the window. I don't. I mean, that that would be that'd be interesting. It might just be based off of ping. Because if it's a dedicated server, it'd be whoever's closest to the server. Right. which would have the least amount of latency um i don't know like it's just a mess man like that that shit yeah. should have been fixed a long time ago <laughs> right. I, I read something recently i was just i was just kind of like looking through like what 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 does a business class server take like how much would it cost for you to run your own program like a game server and set that kind of shit up and it was like it was reasonable it was like a, a couple thousand a month for like a set amount of ports or something like I don't know. It, it, and that's just if you borrow somebody else's shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, like even Amazon web hosting, like a, 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 an enormous amount of websites that most people use and love is hosted through Amazon. Right. Yeah. Like uh, Minecraft does all of their Minecraft realms through Amazon. <laughs> and I bet a good number uh, of games that you play run their services through Amazon. Yeah. Star Citizen is entirely through Amazon right now. Yeah. I just looked up last year's concurrent players because mm -hmm. I know it's a, a fairly small game. So I think for them, it's an issue of they probably can't afford it because their peak players in the last 30 days was 3,662 players online at the same time. I feel like, I feel like the horror mm -hmm. genre as a whole, though, is a niche genre. There's a, there, there's a much smaller player base that want to go in, and even if it's more action-y like last year seems, it's it is, yeah. there there's definitely less people that are in that. that's why people still play dead by daylight because it's spooky and sometimes the killer actually scares you a little bit occasionally <laughs> I, I haven't been scared in that game in probably almost a year at this point but uh um like honestly well, I, I i feel like that's that's a, that's a little bit of a struggle but at the same time it's just like i don't know especially big games it's it's inexcusable for any sort of triple a game at this point to not yeah. have dedicated servers. <laughs> well, and like the, the crazy thing with Dead by Daylight is it's been out for how long now? Four or five years, I want to say. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's it's still in the top 20 games on Twitch right now in the directory. That's 17,000 I mean, 17, viewers watching it right now. Yeah, I feel like that one's the one game that like almost bridges the gap because even people that don't like horror games still typically like that game. And I I know that it's not necessarily a widely liked game in our group, but it is it is a game that uh, I feel like a lot of people enjoy, um, partially because it's just uh, the adrenaline rushing, you know, at some points. Um, and, and I think, and you're like, Fuck, yeah, dude, it really yeah, can no. fuck with you. Um, <laughs> and doing the like the little generator pops and stuff, you know, that's that's yep. that can mess with you. So I think that, that there's a little bit of a, a push for that. I don't know if last year will have that same push just because it's a little arcadey. Um, it is very like 
it is kind of niche because it's like yeah. it kind of almost pays homage to 80s slasher kind of and oh definitely i i just it's it's <laughs> it's that silliness and it kind of reminds me of friday the 13th a little bit too in the in the glitchy kind of style of gameplay um <laughs> Uh, so there's that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. And I don't, I don't know if it's going to really take off, but I've been watching people that have been streaming it lately and even they run into seemingly a lot of the same people. So it's pretty fun. Yeah. So with that, um, we want to, uh, open it up to viewer questions and, or Twitter questions. If there are any Twitter. I saw that message that you just deleted, Ricky. <laughs> I'll sell 1K followers. Here, let me get my credit card number. I'm going to give you the first 16 digits. Hell yeah, dog. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, if we have any questions, I know I saw one a little bit ago, which was about, uh, I think, new setups, new streams, is what Funny uh, suggested. Uh, I, think that, I think that was in reference to our boy here. The bearded beauty himself. What? Stop yourself. Oh, no, Stop. Dude. Stop. Yeah, the new setups, man. I'm excited. Uh, Ricky and, and Lexi are, are working on that shizzle. And so that's pretty tight. Um, and then uh, the the anticipated game plan is uh, the end of March that uh, we'll be coming back, doing the thing, doing some strim stramming, uh, getting, getting back into those, uh, you know, thrilling Thursdays, those, uh, you know, throw punch tuesdays good days <laughs> skyrocket uh, number one on it. twitch <laughs> throw punch tuesdays <laughs> uh i'm excited for it it's been a, a minute since you've streamed it has yeah it has it, yeah Ew. i'm ready to get back to it I, I i i there's a lot of games that i have that are single player that i really haven't got a chance to play um not because of i've you know yeah, not wanting to, I guess, but just because of time constraints and things going on. But hopefully in the next month or so, things are starting to calm down and I'm starting to get a good handle on on shit. So yeah, um, gives me a little more time to set aside and actually play some games and then also, you know, play play some some shit with the boys. Um, and then, of course, Saturdays with the, the Cappy Boys. The Cappy Boys. <laughs> uh. I'm definitely like I'm definitely pumped for it. I think we've got some exciting stuff in terms of how we're kind of redoing the the old stream. I'm not going to tease yeah. anything here. I'd rather it be a fun surprise when people get there. But the stuff that we've been discussing and kind of the look of the stream is looking really professional. Um, I would argue of a lot of the green screen channels, uh, Alice is going to look arguably the best. But uh, wow, that's I mean I'm just going to stroke my metaphorical dick. <laughs> Hot. My metaphorical dick or uh, or Ricky's metaphorical dick? Our collaborative metaphorical dick. Oh, well, that one's too big for this podcast. We can we can talk about that for an hour alone about its veininess. So Let's, I'm going to type up a post on our only our on our only fans. Yes. <laughs> about it. The cappy metaphorical dick. You ever see um what is it? Dragon Ball Z and the Piccolo has that uh what is it? The the fucking dual beam cannon. It's like that, dude. <laughs> it's just one metaphorical dual beam cannon or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> Special beam cannon. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. Um real quick, one thing I I did want to uh bring up cuz I I know some of you really enjoyed playing this. Um, 
we were waiting for an update for it. Raft updated earlier really? this month. Yeah, a new update out for the beehives. So I think it might be time to to hop back into that, ladies and gentlemen. What, not to like uh, not to like break down the party, but wasn't it literally just the beehive? Like I don't know. That was the, like uh, I looked at that update and I immediately was like, oh, oh. <laughs> it it would make oh. it so that you can actually build the uh, the fuel converter though. Because you oh, have gotcha. to put honey into it, I believe. Oh. Um, <clears throat> but it, it would be fun to get all fucking 40 of us that logged on in the same night and have <laughs> full-fledged raft within like an hour yeah. back on there <laughs> just to see what we could accomplish as quickly as possible in like one stream. That'd be kind of fun. Be a- I also... Oh, go ahead. Uh, another one that I, I really want to get the group together to do um, that I posted in the uh, the old YouTube chat is Town of Salem. <laughs> I still need to look at that. I woke up and saw it and was too fucking tired to even open up my uh, it's, my Discord and look at it. <laughs> it's one of those games where it, uh, it's like the card game, right? Where you get a se- secret role. You're either like a uh, you're either a werewolf. Or like a, a villager, and then there's all these like other special abilities, and you get to like vote people out, and then you get they they go and die <laughs> if if they get voted out. It's it's one of those games, so I think it'd be a fun either even for a stream it'd be a fun time. But if yeah. we we would need we would need to get like six people together for it okay. uh, at least aim for like eight because the more people the better on a game like that. Yeah, but it's literally five dollars, and it's well worth it. Hell yeah. Yeah, I also got the uh, Borrow Trauma as well. Yes. Which we should get at. I will get that with my tax refund. Yeet. Cool. Well, <coughs> you're also waiting for less expensive last year. <laughs> what are you doing was, tonight, Shadow? It was, it was just, just on, on sale, sale last weekend. For $14 instead of 20 Is it? Has it been on sale on Kingwin? Has anyone looked? No. Boys? <laughs> Let me look. See if we can find a, a good uh, a good cheap game for every everybody. Everybody. Also, everybody I, I, I'm a big proponent of this. When is everybody going to get on Bean Battles? <laughs> what the I fuck is Bean Battles? Oh yeah, didn't I gift it to you? Or did you buy Bean Battles? Bean Battles like is the shit. shit. Bean Battles yeah. is the shit. Hmm. Dude, I shit you not. It is one of the best games you can buy for fucking 50 cents to a dollar. It is so stupid fun. And if you're ever waiting in those stupid long Tarkov queues, you can play a mini battle royale with your friends. And oh my god. It. It's, I've it's, never seen it. It's like I've the world's... pulling up Slither.io for Tarkov queues. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that just an extension on Pornhub.com at this point? Uh, Yeah. Who can get the biggest slithery dick? I'm going to post the link for those of you in chat. There you go. The bean battles. (laughs) Live your best (laughs) life in bean battles. (laughs) It's it's eight players, and it's just a shitty battle royale with the worst controls possible. (laughs) You're You're literally a bean in a battle royale. Yeah. And the, the, the zone will insta-kill you if it touches you. 
and some of the weapons are blatantly overpowered and don't spawn that often. <laughs> like, huh. you'll get a fucking gun that'll one-tap everybody <laughs> from any distance. <laughs> and, like, all the attachments attached to literally everything. It's such a good time. Huh. I would love to just do one fucking solid stream of that one of these days and just have, like, ten pe or all eight people here fucking playing that shit. How big is the download? <laughs> it's like... Two, two gigabytes. <laughs> Hold my wand while I slither in. For, are you talking about fucking Town of Salem? Uh, Town of Salem is even smaller than that. Bean battles. Bean battles. Oh, bean battles. Oh, it's only a buck. Hell yeah. It's so much fun. Honestly. <laughs> I'll throw that on Fucking me. buying it, Lynn says. <laughs> yeah, I'm buying it. Wait, so it's PUBG? It's, yeah, it's PUBG, but with beans. Wait, isn't PUBG, PUBG with beans? I don't know. I get these games mixed up. Sometimes I boot into bean battles, and I think it's PUBG. It's it's Town of Salem? Town of Salem? Salem. Okay. Are you not in the I YouTube, uh, the YouTube no. Discord? Let me add you to that. I grabbed it. Yay. Shadow man, you son of a bitch. What did Shadow do? He just called me a son of a bitch. Oh, okay. How dare. So I had to call him something. So I just use the same fucking retort because I'm retarded. <laughs> <laughs> well, on uh, on that note, I think we uh, we wrap it up here. We got a solid podcast. Yeah, I mean, you got me to say I'm retarded on stream, so that's cool. Yeah, that's that's why I was like, <laughs> right, yeah, that, that's a great ending. And that's a perfect <laughs> yeah. note to end. <laughs> when you hear this kicking. <laughs> Flashbacks, dude. Um, real quick though, before we do wrap up, I do want to say thanks to Woody for uh, hopping into this week's podcast. It's been great. Yeah, man. It's kind of a, a clusterfuck here, but it's our clusterfuck. That's right. <laughs> fuck yeah. We uh, like to fuck clusters <laughs> all day long, but at least well, twice. Uh, it's been it's been great having you. Um, maybe more episodes in the future too. We'll see yeah. what's up. Um, happy to sub in. This week's show is Evil Genius. So, uh, uh, chat. Uh, it, it's a, it honestly is someone who's already watched it. I don't want to preface too much of it. Uh, we'll give you my opinions next week. Watch it. I would love to actually have a conversation <laughs> at the end of the show, at the end of the show next week with chat and what they thought about it. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, it'd also be You're something welcome. we would include in the actual like uh, the actual podcast when we upload it if we get a good conversation bouncing back and forth on it. So sure. um, definitely yeah. check it out. If you have Netflix, it's really good. It, I would honestly say I've enjoyed it more than pharmacist and I enjoyed pharmacist. Um, and I'd even say I almost enjoyed it more than uh, don't fuck with cats. So <laughs> if, uh, if you enjoyed either of those, you especially the first episode, the first episode of evil genius is fucking great. <laughs> they, they All show right. something in that show. You don't believe they would show. <laughs> I'll leave yeah. it at that. Penises. <laughs> Just a Penis. big fat cock. <laughs> Alright, well chat. Have a great rest of your uh rest of your Saturday. Everyone go party. Uh Ricky. I expect to hear that you got blackout drunk tonight. And if you didn't, I'm gonna be really sad. Don't worry, I'll make sure he does. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Everybody's getting dick pics! Everybody! Uh, yeah. Especially my grandparents. Pairs of them. Uh,
Uh, real, real quick, Kay. <laughs> Woody's going to be the photographer. <laughs> no, I'm going to be in him. My oh. boss got a call from his his grandma one day, or no, it was his school, about his son. His son had uh, taken dick pics on his phone and tried to send them to grandma because he <laughs> thought it would be funny. <laughs> Seven-year-old son at that point tried to send dick pics to his grandma. A fucking up. legend. Yeah. She's not wrong. It was funny. Yeah. It's funny That's for funny everybody fun. else. He's never going to get that down. <laughs> I, I love my boss flat out told him, yeah, be prepared. Cause when you get married, I'm going to tell that story at your wedding. Oh, for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. You have to.